You're listening to Popaganda, the feminism and pop culture podcast. Today, we're talking all about the power of nostalgia and pop culture. Does this song mean anything to you? When I wake up in the morning in the longest out of water, I don't think I'll ever make it on time. I have kind of a Pavlovian response to that theme song, where suddenly I viscerally remember the taste of Dr. Pepper and Top Ramen, which I would consume in tandem on my parents' sofa while I watched Saved by the Bell as a kid. But how does Saved by the Bell hold up as an adult? Not well, says writer Emily Hashimoto. Here's her take on the show. Here's a fact that will make you feel old. Saved by the Bell premiered 27 years ago. Warm feelings are running high for the 90s show about six friends in an upper middle class high school. In addition to the original 86 episodes, the show spawned two spin-off series, two made-for-TV movies, is the subject of an unauthorized Lifetime movie about behind-the-scenes life on the sitcom, and is the basis for a tell-all memoir written by Dustin Diamond, who played Screech. Plus, the entire series is available on Netflix, which means people who grew up on the show can now binge-watch reruns. Amid all the loving retrospectives of Saved by the Bell, I'm here to say something unpopular. Nostalgia has not made the show any better. Instead, watching Saved by the Bell today feels like consuming a television relic. It's clear that the creators and writers of Saved by the Bell were not trying to create revolutionary programming for children and young adults. They stuck to lowest common denominator plot lines. They packed the show with jokes you see coming a mile away. They always tied up each half hour episode with neat resolution. And yet, the show endures as part of our pop culture consciousness. As we hit a quarter century of Saved by the Bell, I think it's time we look back and evaluate gender and relationships in the show that millions of Americans grew up watching. First off, the cast were all stereotypes. Head cheerleader Kelly, played by Tiffany Thiessen. The fashion plate Lisa, played by Lark Voorhees. The feminist activist Jesse, played by Elizabeth Berkley. The jock A.C. Slater. Mario Lopez, the preppy ladies man Zach, Mark Paul Gossler, and the geek Screech. Comedian April Richardson talked to me about watching every episode of the show for her podcast, Go Bayside, and it hasn't been pretty. You can tell how they feel about women, she told me. It's worth noting that Saved by the Bell had an all-male writer's room. Only two women, Stephanie Garman and Hollis White, were ever credited as writers on the show. They both had exactly one story by credit. Maybe this is why the female characters feel so flat. Kelly's character is defined by being nice and gorgeous, and that's about it. Executive producer Peter Engel discussed casting Tiffany Thiessen as Kelly in this way. She can't walk, she can't talk, she can't chew gum at the same time, but she's going to be a major star. As for Lisa, she's pretty too and shops a lot. That's about it. In fact, producer Peter Engel originally envisioned Lisa as a Jewish princess from Great Neck, Long Island, which feels like an offensive stereotype in front of their audience. Knowing what was at stake in the creation of Kelly and Lisa makes it all the more strange that Jesse was conceived of as a character who would deal with meaty plots. On the show, Jesse contends with complex issues, like her parents' remarriages, blended families, body image, and fears of not measuring up academically. There are lots of think pieces on Jessie's personal brand of feminism. Jessie was many viewers' first exposure to a self-proclaimed feminist. An avowed feminist on television, let alone on Saturday morning, then or now, is a rare thing indeed. 
Writing for Jezebel, writer Hortense Smith recalled, I certainly knew feminists, but had never met a woman who identified herself as such, at least not in the definitive manner that Jessie Spano did. It's interesting that a feminist managed to get into a group of characters who are common American stereotypes. As Gabrielle Moss wrote for Bitch in 2013, I savored every character who called herself a feminist during that TGIF era, even though these characters were rarely depicted as being reasonable. I knew the characters like Saved by the Bell's Jesse Spano were supposed to be the butt of a joke. And yet, the biggest takeaway from Jesse's character is how destructive her feminism is. She was a one-person feminist campaign, calling out machismo left and right. But her feminism is not one I could recognize. It has the trappings of what a bunch of old men would assume feminism is all about. Jesse's feminism is a hindrance that makes her annoying. She's there to be made fun of. That notion is reinforced by the fact that even her female friends don't back her up most of the time. Contrasting Jesse with the popular Lisa and Kelly, the show's writers strongly suggest that being a feminist is unappealing. On Feministing, LaCrista Greco remembers watching the show at 10 years old and thinking, God, I never want to be a feminist. She made it seem so whiny. It's in this way that the writer at blog The Son of Feeney doesn't seem to be overreaching when they say the show socially engineered its impressionable audience against feminist teachings. One impression a viewer could be left with is that feminism means not supporting other women. Case in point, Hold Me Tight, an episode that features Christy, a female wrestler the male wrestling coach won't allow to try out for the team. Zach develops a crush on her. Both he and Jesse advocate for her on the radio and in a public protest. Guys, guys, I want you to meet Christy Barnes. Hi, Christy. Hello. Now listen up, she needs our help. Coach won't let her try out for the wrestling team. Why not? Because I'm a girl. Yeah. Well, that's discrimination. He can't do that. Well, he did it, Mama. What's your big mouth going to do about it? <laughs> Jesse declares that we sisters have to stick together. You're terrific. Oh, I couldn't have done it without you. Well, we sisters have to stick together. <laughs> that is, until Jesse thinks Christy is interested in her boyfriend Slater, who's also on the wrestling team. Jesse recants her support of Christy and tells her, again on the radio, that girls have absolutely no business wrestling guys and to keep your hands off our men. It's not that feminists can't be jealous. We are human, after all. But it's that Jesse's ready to dump her principles on a whim. Even the audience doesn't buy in. Jesse receives an avalanche of negative ooing. It's worth pointing out that we never see Christy again. She is literally only in this episode. Zach has a lot of these encounters with women. One episode arcs that teach him and us lessons about tolerance and difference. In addition to female wrestlers, he also dates fat women, homeless women, and women in wheelchairs. During these moralizing storylines, the writers choose certain issues that get kid gloves, Richardson notes, while other people, fat people usually, nerds always, and people with hearing disabilities, are made fun of with impunity. Though you may not remember these episodes, I can catch you up super quick. Zach meets these women, has an extreme reaction, says the wrong thing multiple times, and accepts them by the end. Without fail, they forget the horrible way he acted and the terrible things he said, and they kiss or hug. Cue credits. They are not flesh and blood characters. They are mere stand-ins for the one trait that defines them in the theme of each very special episode. When people write about Saved by the Bell today, they focus on the big cell phone, the eye-assaulting wardrobe, 
and a certain someone's breakdown after a brief fling with caffeine pills. No matter how silly this show was, there's no doubt of its popularity. To take this subject matter seriously is to take our consumption of culture seriously. This swirl of messages about gender in the show is confusing, but in my case, and perhaps for many others, I left the show behind in search of better characters with more relatable experiences. And yet, no matter what I've found, I know that the show will always be around, airing weekday mornings as a nostalgic recitation of what a bunch of old male writers thought of young high school women. That was writer Emily Hashimoto. A longer version of that essay where she discusses race and Saved by the Bell is on our site, bitchmedia.org. I'll put a link to it in the podcast on our site. In the meantime, you can follow Emily on Twitter at Emily Hash. <laughs>